With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Six Pack with Tony. I believe that's a new name. And uh, I welcome you and thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday night as I'm doing the show in Pittsburgh. It's warm, it's humid, but it's also July 22nd as I'm sitting here right now. So that's not to be, ex- that's not a surprise, that's to be expected. And as I always say, wherever you are, I hope it's a great and pleasant and less humid uh, evening or morning or afternoon in Steeler Nation, wherever you happen to be. And before I continue, as always, I'd like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our Behind So Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night. If you were paying attention if you were tuning in earlier, you saw that we had the Touchdown Under show at 5 p.m. EST starring Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. And, of course, there's this show. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate. We have The Hangover on Monday with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White. We have Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman and Brian and Dave Schofield. We have The, Stat, or the Scobro Show with Dave and his brother Rich. We have... Uh, what's it called now? I forget. The show with uh, Jeffrey Benedict and 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 um, and Shannon. Oh, gosh, my mind is mush. Bad language over the weekend. We have Steelers Q and A. Those both both of those shows are on Sunday. And of course, you can catch all those shows live on Facebook also. And as always, you can, you can catch all those shows after the fact, in audio form on any audio platform of your choosing, uh, whether it be Spotify, um, Google, you name it, you can find our stuff. It's a growing podcast family, and you will not be sorry. And we have a whole host of audio-only shows, including From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, what Ian's talking about with Kyle Christ, the Steelers fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts, and the list goes on. We have a whole host of those shows as well, and you can again you can catch those on any audio platform. And please check out Behind the Store Curtain the website. <clears throat> Excuse me, we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, 
anytime there's breaking news, anytime there's 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 a controversy or a trade or just a, a, a interesting story, we'll have it for you. So please check that out. And let's welcome everybody into the live chat. Let's see who we have tonight. We have who was first in Steelers Pittsburgh, and they say Steeler Nation, thumbs up. We have Steeler Chick forty six, Kathy Forred, George Teston, and Steelers Pittsburgh says I liked your article about Mason Rudolph's birthday. More on that later. Margarita Martinez, Martinez Vera is with us. That's a that's a new name, and, and they they join us from from Facebook. So welcome, Reginald Rivers, a mainstay. They he joins us from YouTube. Just me joins us from YouTube, and she says, "Hey, family." All right. And before I I get into the into the nuts and bolts of tonight's show, I want to continue with our new segment. And that's the Steelers six pack of questions. And as I've been doing the last couple of weeks, I have four from Jeff Hartman and two from me. And I tried to get the banner up again tonight. I'm going to have to go over this with Brian. I wanted to do that, but he's been on vacation. So I'll have to, I'll have to go over this and, and figure out a way to, to, um, to have these questions scroll across the bottom of the sc- screen as, as the uh, show progresses. But I'll, but uh, I'll, I'll try to, to, to keep these questions pretty concise for you to remember. Question number one from Jeff. It's the last Friday night six-pack of the 2022 offseason. If you could describe the Steelers' uh, offseason in one word, what would that be? Number two, when do you consider the Steelers' offseason to be over? When they report the training camp, when the pads go on, the first preseason game, preseason game, or are you a purist and none of those things matter and it's week one of the regular season when it really goes from one season to another? Question three. This is why it, it takes me forever. I, you know, the whole banner thing might not work. It's just these, these are too wordy. We'll have to come up with a new concept maybe. Anyway, question number three. Ben Roethlisberger recently revealed that it was Art Rooney II that wanted him back in 2021 and General Manager Kevin Colbert was ready to move on last season, meaning 2021. Roethlisberger also said he would have been willing to come back again in 2022. When it comes to Roethlisberger's departure, do you think he stayed too long, left too soon, or was it the the right timing for 2021 to be his last season? Number four, there have been a number of teams introducing variations of the helmets they will wear for a game or two in 2022, the alternate helmets, if you will. If the Steelers were to do an alternative helmet, what would you want it to be? Would you want it to be white, gold, or some other color? Those are just four questions, and I have two of my own. Number five, the offensive line. The uh, five projected starters right now are Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, Kevin Dotson at left guard, Mason Cole at center, James Daniels at right guard and Shuk Sikorafor at right tackle. Do you think those five will be the starting five at the start of the season? Question number six. Larry Ogunjobi, the recently acquired defensive lineman, Tyson Alualu, and Cam Hayward are projected to be the, the starting defensive lineman. And I know there's a lot of mixing and matching that goes on a lot of uh, uh, different packages, but those three are expected to be the starters in the quote-unquote base defense. Do you see anybody challenging either Ogunjobi or Lulu for their jobs? Obviously, Cam is safe. So those are my those are the six questions. Now, and then we will go over them at, at the end of the show. Now, let's talk about uh, the big news of Friday, and that was the Ron Cook column in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, his interview with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, fittingly enough, on the eve of, of the Steelers reporting the training camp, for the first time since he re- he, now, he announced his retirement back in, in, in January. And, you know, it, it caused a, a, a bit of a stir on social media and, and, and in talk radio and a lot of debate. And basically, Roethlisberger said, 
as the first question of the six pack pointed out that he basically, uh, it was up in the air last year if he was coming back for the 2021 season and, and there was a difference of opinion within the, the Steelers brain trust, which consisted at, at that time of Kevin Colbert as the general manager, obviously Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is the head coach and Art the second as the owner. And according to Roethlisberger, Colbert was ready to move on. Tomlin was kind of on the fence. He was okay with Ben moving on, but he was also okay with him playing one more year. And of course, Art the second wanted him back. And this is just a guess, but I'm pretty sure Art the second had the uh, the final say in that in that little uh, uh, debate. So Ben played one more year last year, and he helped lead the Steelers to the playoffs, and they lost. And he announced his retirement a couple weeks later, and here we are today. Um, believe it or not, this interview and these quotes did not surprise me one bit. As far as I was, I was concerned, it was just a matter of time before Roethlisberger said these kind of things because this is what most great athletes or once great athletes say after they retire almost immediately after they retire i i uh um i wanted to come back but it was it was there you know they they didn't necessarily want me to come back and and he also said I think I can play another year. My arm feels good. My body feels good. But it's just a matter of do I want to uh, make the sacrifices and, and, and the day-to-day and, and, you know, and go through the day-to-day grind of, of preparing for a season, keeping my body in shape to, to, to play, and, of course, taking the, the, the abuse that you take when you play football. He said, you know, the typical things. And basically what he said was, I could play another year if I really, my, my arm feels good, I, I can continue to play. And this is what they all say, especially right after they retire. Every athlete thinks they can still play another year. Um, what did Mickey say to Rocky and Rocky too? Every pug thinks they have one last fight in them. And that's how most professional athletes think, especially legendary ones, iconic Figures like Ben Roethlisberger certainly was when he played or is right now as a, an ex-player. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, the guy's been doing this, meaning playing football, I'm guessing since about the age of seven or eight. This has been his whole life for 30 years. And you're asking him six months after he retired, days before the Steelers' first training camp without him as a player. Uh, you're asking him these questions, and of course he's gonna he's gonna say that he could continue to play. I'm sure he, I'm sure this has been a difficult uh, couple of weeks for him as the, as training camp has approached. Um, you know, it was probably easier for him to to deal with retirement um, in the winter time in the spring when he didn't have to, you know, work out and 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 get his body ready. He could just relax and spend time with his family, uh, spend time with his friends, golf, whatever it is that Big Ben likes to do when he's not preparing to play uh, football. But as training camp has approached, I'm sure he's gotten that itch, you know, and I'm sure, you know, he, he, he's probably a little bit depressed about it. You know, I mean, again, this has been his, his life for the last 30 years. Football has been his purpose for forever, basically his entire life. And now he can't do that anymore. And yes, he has he has all the money in the world he'll ever need, but he probably feels a little bit lost and a little bit um, de- dejected right now. So you know, you know, it, it's it's and, and and as I always say, when when it comes to a professional athlete, the ego is the last thing to go. And it was pretty obvious last year that, and maybe even the year before, that Ben Roethlisberger was 
at the tail end of his career and it was ready for him to move on. And he did. Um, uh, as far as the brain trust and, and the different, different opinions, well, you know, Kevin Colbert's the general manager. It's his job to be practical. It's, it's his job to worry about the salary structure, the, the roster composition. And, you know, lest you forget, last offseason, the 2021 offseason, the Steelers were in salary cap hell. I mean, they had some major issues. You know, the cap was, was less than it normally is because of COVID. Um, and they had to make a lot of tough decisions. They had to let some free agents go. Um, and, and Roethlisberger counted a lot against the cap. And that's why they asked him, they asked him to, to, to take a pay cut. And it might have been even a little bit better if he walked away. They could have maybe started their future sooner. So that's how Kevin Colbert w- was looking at things. As far as Tomlin, well, he's a coach, right? And yet maybe part of him was saying, yeah, it's probably time to move on. Move on. But the coach in him, the guy with the tunnel vision, the guy who can't see past the next game, he was probably thinking, this guy, I could still win games with him. He could still give me uh, a chance to win games. And you saw what Roethlisberger did last year. He led them to however many uh, comeback wins. You know, he looked like like he was shot for three quarters of every game, basically. But in the fourth quarter, if the game was close, he more often than not found a way to to bring them back and win the game. So, you know, that's how Tomlin was viewing things. As for Art II, I mean, he was probably looking at it from a PR standpoint. You know, this is one of the best players the Steelers have ever had, arguably the best player in, in franchise history, responsible for so many great memories. Um, for a lot of fans out there, he's the only quarterback that they know. Uh, do I want this guy, this, this, this iconic player, to go out without the, the pomp and circumstance, without the send-off in front of empty stadiums? Because you remember 2020, there were no fans in the stands, at least very few fans in the stands. Did he want him to go out that way? Or did, did he want to give the fans a chance to say goodbye? Um, and which obviously they did in week 17, that great, great uh, Monday night game against the Browns, the great send off, you know, Ben crying, the fans were going, you know, just so emotional in the stands. Uh, you didn't know if he would ever play again beyond week 18, which he, you know, he did, he got, they, they made it to the playoffs. So you could see why the three, uh, these three guys had the opinions that they had about Roethlisberger. And I'm sure Kevin Colbert was like, ah, see you, Ben. You know, I'm sure he was torn, you know, but according to Ben, he was, he seemed to be the one that was the most ready to move on. Well, he's the most practical of the three. If you, if you think about um, what their job descriptions are, it's Colbert's job not to be emotional at, in any way when it comes to his job. Any general manager, they have to be practical. They have to be, you know, black and white in a lot of ways with how they make their decisions. Can we fit this guy into our into our uh, financial uh, structure? Uh, will this prevent us from from building building a competitive team for 2021? You know, and Tomlin again, you know, he has a tunnel vision. He's just looking, he's looking at it. Well, how can this, this guy could probably help me win more than any, any of the other quarterbacks we have. And again, Art's thinking of the legacy, I'm guessing. So, and, and the fans and, and the ratings and, and, and the gate at Heinz Field. So it wasn't a shock that, that, that Ben said the things that he said. This is what they all say. You know, I can still play again, uh, or I can still play, I should say. My arm feels great. Um, there's a, there's a great clip out there from Terry Bradshaw from like the mid eighties, like 85, 86, somewhere in there. An NFL films interview where he's like, man, if I could play two more minutes, I know I could do it. You know, just put me, put me out there, put my boys around me, put the opposing defense out there and let, let, let me see their eyes get, uh, uh, big as I call out plays. Oh man, the, the, the hair standing up on the back of my neck. And that's, that's Bradshaw saying these things. 
I know I could play two more minutes for sure. So they all think they can do that. So, you know, I realize this as a lot of things do in 2022 in, in the social media age, this interview that Ben did with uh, Ron Cook, it caused fans and the media once again to choose sides. You know, how dare you, Kevin Colbert, uh, you did Ben wrong or, or Ben, you know, how dare you, Ben? Uh, the Steelers gave you 18 years. They, they let you come back for one more year. How dare you come up? But, but again, this is, you know, that's why I always, that's why I harp so much on history, because if you learn history, you don't freak out so much when you see these things, because this was classic. This is classic post-retirement stuff that just about every player says. So those are my thoughts on what Ben Roethlisberger said to Ron Cook in that Post-Gazette interview. That's uh, topic number one. Topic number two is about another interview that a Steeler did, and that's a newer Steeler. That's a, a, a Steeler who's integral to the team's future, and that's running back Najee Harris, who was on the Rich Eisen show last week and talked about his willingness to be a workhorse, to get as many touches as the team wants him to have. You know, that's been a, a big concern with the fans, with the media, when it comes to Harris, but when it comes to any starting running back for the Steelers, really, in the la- over the last 15 years, is the the workload of the starting running back. But, uh, you know, Harris said he was – he seemed more than eager to, to take on whatever workload uh, they were willing to give him. And, you know, that might come back to hurt him in five years, but we're not at that point right now. Right now we're at – where it's 2022 and Harris is coming into a second year and he looks like he's going to be a star running back, somebody capable of being, you know, maybe uh, being one of the, the leaders in, in, in every category. And this is his time. And, you know, I said this back in like the mid 2010s when Le'Veon Bell was at the height of his powers. I said, you know, if something happens to Ben or if he, if he, if he decides to retire tomorrow, then they need to keep Bell around because they're going to have to have somebody uh, to build their offense around without a, a proven quarterback. Well, of course, Bell, you know, he kind of lost it as far as his, his physical abilities by about 2017 or so. And, and as you know, he's never been the same since. Uh, but Harris isn't there right now, and he may never be there. He might be Frank Gore. He might be Adrian Peterson. He might be that durable. But you can't think that far ahead anyway. Right now, you have to think about 2022. And like I've said in the past, until the Steelers um, have a quarterback or find a quarterback that they can depend on, that can lead the, the offense, they don't have that guy. Until they, until they have him, they don't have him, if you know what I mean. You know, right now, you know, we know who, who's in, in contention for that role, but until somebody steps up and proves himself, well, they're going to need somebody else from another position to build the offense around. And who better than a bell cow running back? And that's Harris. So it was nice to hear uh, him say these things and, and saying with such confidence uh, that he's willing to be that guy. He's willing to take on whatever workload uh, they need him to have. Because I think I think he's going to be very important for them in 2022, and uh, he has a chance to be their leader this year as far as the offense. And as we talked about in the past, he has a chance to be their leader in the locker room. In fact, that's what uh, Mike Tomlin mentioned on his podcast a few weeks ago with Ryan Clark, is that he and Cam are kind of grooming him to be the, a captain. So you know that tells you what. Tomlin thinks of, of Najee Harris and his future with the team. So, you know, uh, the locker room is one thing, but, but the field is another. And I have a feeling that they're going to be relying heavily on Najee Harris in 2022. So that's topic number two. Topic number three is, as I believe it was Kathy Ford, I, I forget who, who mentioned it, um, 
let's see who who mentioned it. Anyway, they they uh, they praised me for my Mason Rudolph birthday article, and the reason why I wrote that, the thing that sp- that set me off with that is that I mean I wasn't surprised that the fans when when the Steelers posted Happy Birthday to Mason Rudolph on I guess it was Sunday, I wasn't surprised at, at the uh, derogatory comments from the fans. Um, but the thing that really set me off was somebody when, when somebody posted the, the, the gif of Rudolph getting his uh, head knocked off by Earl Thomas in that Ravens game. You know, remember they had to remove his, remove his face mask and, you know, you, you were uncertain of, of, you know, he was knocked out on the field. Unlike when Miles Garrett hit him in the helmet and he kept going, he kept fighting. In this particular play, he was actually knocked out for, for a spell. And this person said, it's time for you to lay down and relax. I mean, to me, that's just, that's what set me off. And, you know, I don't know if you noticed this about me this offseason, but I've been rallying behind Mason Rudolph. And, you know, it's it's multi-layered as to why I'm doing that. Uh, do I think Mason Rudolph has a great chance to be the starter? Not necessarily. That might not be a, a sincere thing coming from me when I, when I do say things like that. Do I think it would be a great story? Yes. Do I think uh, it, would I be upset if he won the job based on merit? No. I, I'm looking for them to 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 find the best guy. And if it happens to be Mason Rudolph, great. You know. Um, but another reason why I'm doing this is because I'm trying to like catalog a bunch of reactions from fans because you might not know it right now, but if Mr. Trubisky and or Kenny Pickett fail to come through, fails to come through, whether it be this year or in the near future, you're going to be talking of, you're going to be treating that person, that quarterback, just like you're treating Mason Rudolph. Now you're going to be cruel. You're going to be vicious. You're going to be personal. And that goes hand in hand. That's just how it is with, with fans and quarterbacks of any, any fan base, any team in the NFL. That's just how it is. You know, and and you might not think that right now. Oh, what we would we love Mitch. He's jacked. I saw a picture of him working out without a shirt. He is he is just as jacked as uh, Lamar Jackson. That's great. Uh, but he hasn't played for the Steelers yet. So so you love him. You're you're you're, in, you're infatuated with him right now. Obviously, Kenny Pickett's first round pick, University of Pittsburgh. You know, there, there, there's there's uh, it's natural to be excited about him. You know. There's goodwill between with both of those guys, but at one point there was a little bit of goodwill with Mason Rudolph. You know, in, back in 2018, I remember people were kind of like siding with him when Big Ben came out on his radio show and said, ah, "I wish I would have picked somebody else in the third round instead of a quarterback." You know, so you know there was once goodwill with Mason Rudolph, just like there was once goodwill with Landry Jones. You know, that's just you know, but it's like. You know, like when you first start dating somebody, they tell you the things you have to, to look out for. How does this person, how does this person act with the, uh, the wait staff? Like when you're out to dinner, how do they act with their family, right? Well, if you're Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, you should probably have a pretty good idea of how fans act with quarterbacks they don't like. <laughs> and they're giving, they're giving uh, you a great example with the way they're talking about Mason Rudolph right now. So that's kind of a, like the third reason why I'm, I, I've been rallying behind Mason Rudolph this offseason, you know? So I, I just want to just like, I just want to like, you know, cause like, like it's just funny how people try to rationalize things. Like when they get really personal and, and, and that's, that's what it is with, with a, the fan quarterback relationship. It's really personal. Like, you know, how some fans seem to really be personal with certain players that aren't quarterbacks. Like, there was this one reader on Behind the Star Curtain that just when Bud Dupree was playing for the Steelers, this guy just hated Dupree. Like a lot of fans thought Dupree was a bust and he was a, a disappointment as a first round pick. But this guy just really took it to a whole new level. So much so, in fact, that I said to him one time, does he owe you money? Did he steal your girlfriend in college? I mean, what is it about Bud Dupree that, you know, but when it comes to quarterbacks, that's how a lot of fans act with the quarterback. They're really, really, they really take it personal and they really get uh, vindictive in their criticisms. You know, they go above and beyond. 
and I guess this is how it is. And, and, you know, I think most of these guys know it, but it, it doesn't make it probably doesn't make it any easier for them to deal with or their, or for their families to witness. So I just wanted to, to kind of like, just, you know, like, cause when, like when people say, when, when, like when I, like when you call them out for being mean to Rudolph for, on his birthday, they say things like, well, I mean, you have, he's just a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Okay, fine. But, you have to be mean to him. You have to be personal on his birthday. That doesn't make any sense. That's childish. That's immature. I mean, like a lot of people who are doing this are like middle age, like older than I am. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't you have grandchildren? You know, and, and, and that's just, it's just, so that, that's how it's going to be with, with uh, Kenny Pickett or, or Mitch Trubisky. It's it's going to be just that way because it, it, it was that way with every quarterback between Bradshaw and Ben. Um. You know, we know how you know it was. You know, I remember when uh, the, the, the playoff loss to the, to the Raiders they got blown out in '83 in the divisional round. Cliff Stott was the quarterback, and Mark Malone came in at the very end and kind of mopped up. And I remember, you know, my family came over for New, it was New Year's Eve, and we're talking about it, and we're like, "Man, they should have let Mark Malone come in earlier. He's a former first round pick." Well, by '84, even though he took him to the AFC Championship game, Mark Malone sucked. He, he stunk as far as the fans were concerned. And they wanted David Woodley, who they traded for. By 85, they wanted Scott Campbell, who was like a mid-round pick in 84. He was a third stringer uh, in 85 when both Woodley and Malone were hurt. They wanted him to be the quarterback. And then by 86, nobody knew who Scott Campbell was anymore. Then it was then it was Bobby Brister. And then it was Todd Blackledge that they liked because they, they went out and acquired him. And then they drafted Neil O'Donnell in 1990, and he was everybody's new favorite. And then it was back to Bubby again. Um, and, and, and then uh, it was back to Neil O'Donnell. Um, but then in 94, they went out and signed Mike Tomczak. And, and um, I, I'll never forget this. The, by 94, the fans had already f- uh, f- fallen out of favor with, you know, like Neil O'Donnell – the love affair, if there ever was one with Neil O'Donnell, was, was over by 94. And, and, and they signed him in that offseason, 1994. And there was a preseason game at Three River Stadium. And I, I, I was working or, or out with friends or something. Like, by, by 94, by that point in my life, I was over preseason football. It was like, you know, learning about how wrestling didn't, that wasn't real anymore. Like, all right, I'm over – like, I'm a young 20-something guy. I want to go out and have fun. I didn't care about preseason. But I remember – uh, watching the highlights uh, of, of the of the game, I don't know who they were playing. It doesn't matter if they won or lost. Doesn't matter. But one of the highlights of the game was a a scramble by Mike Tomzak, and you know, like he put his head down and like knocked somebody over. You know, it was a great play. And the fans uh, at Three Three Rivers stood up and cheered for Tomzak like it was like Clemente had his just had his three thousandth hit. And, I'm, and I knew exactly what that meant right then and there. This was going to be their guy. They were going to be calling for him to start in place of O'Donnell all year. And sure enough, by the end of the year, O'Donnell missed a couple of games uh, with an injury. And, and it was a great year for Pittsburgh. But uh, and Tom's that came in and replaced O'Donnell, uh, won those games. And then O'Donnell came back. And it was a, a late season win against the Eagles. It was low scoring. It was a struggle. And at some point you could hear the fans chanting, we want Mike, we want Mike. So that's just how it is. Until you prove you can win a Super Bowl or, or, or be good enough to do that, the fans are not going to be, the, 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 the love affair is not going to last long. And that's how it's going to be with Mitch Trubisky and, uh, and, and Kenny Pickett. So that's why I've been so um, so pro-Mason this offseason. It's just trying to prove a point. All right. I have one more thing I want to talk about before I get into the six-pack questions, if you if you guys have any. And that's the uh, Madden rating th- that came out the other day. Uh, TJ Watt was rated 96 for the 2022 version of Madden. Miles Garrett, 99. I don't know what any of that means. All I know is it's fiction. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I didn't even bother to research it because I don't care. Because it doesn't. It's not a real. It's not real football. 
We all know how good T.J. Watt is. We all know what he means to the Steelers. Just be glad that he's a Steeler and he he's so special. Um, and it cracks me up when people say, you know, like people get mad about it. Like, who cares? Even if even if you play the game, even if you play video games, why do you care that T.J. Watt um, is ranked lower than Miles Garrett? Like, why does it matter at all? You know what what T.J. Watt can do. And, you know, I love when people say things like, oh, this is going to fire him up. Like, how much more validation and respect does this guy need? Meaning T.J. Watt. He just signed the richest non-quarterback contract in Steeler history. Uh, they, they, they decided to break policy and they guaranteed him $80 million. You know, his great, 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 great grandchildren are going to be set for life. Well, maybe that's too far back, but certainly great, great, great grandchildren are going to be set for life. Um, and he just won the most prestigious award any defender in the NFL can win. He was named the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. How much more does he need as far as respect and validation? This, if this bothers him at all, then I have to question his mental makeup, to be honest with you. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's just such a – it's just another example of the NFL and the grip that they have on us that, you know, this, this kind of stuff used to be like a niche – thing that you would like debate for five minutes now it 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 takes up a whole day of sports debate it's amazing how the like the like the nfl has us right where they want us and they're, they're not letting go anytime soon um and it's just it's just it's just funny to me so those are all my topics i wanted to talk about and now i'll round out the show with some questions and comments to see if we have any any uh Let's see. Here's one from Evan Gallus and from uh, YouTube. He says, I find it crazy that Ben's first regular season game in his career was against the Ravens at, in M&T Bank Stadium. And it was also his la- final career, regular season game uh, against him. Yeah, that's something that I don't think gets talked about that much. I mean, I guess the, the odds of it happening are, 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 are pretty good because, you know, it's a division rival. But yeah, uh, Ben made his debut. He came in for an injured Tommy Maddox uh, in the second half of, of the uh, week two game in 2004. Um, looked pretty good. And then, you know, the rest is history. And then, of course, last year, his last regular season game was in Baltimore in M&T, at M&T Bank Stadium. And, of course, he helped lead them to the playoffs with an overtime win. So it is cool that, that, that things kind of uh, bookended that way for him. Steelers Pittsburgh says Harris said he would take 500 touches if 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 he if it means wins. Yeah, um, it's probably not going to happen, but you know this is his time. You know he might not be the he might not feel the same way five years from now, but right now, I mean, you know, when you're that age, 24, 25, how, however old Najee Harris is, you feel invincible and you're ready you're ready to take on the world, and that's uh, what he looks like right now. So if he can. If he can be their uh, their offensive leader for a couple of years, hey, you know, uh, I'm on board with that. That's for sure. Javier Javier Moray says, "I thought Heinz made a deal to still be featured. I think they did. They made a five year deal. I think they're still gonna gonna uh, have a uh, a sponsorship with uh they're, they're still part partnering with the Steelers." Or with, uh, I should say, Acrisure Stadium, they're partnering with them to have a, a presence at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, I guess like, like maybe the Heinz Red Zone or something like that. Like one of the, the ketchup bottles will still be featured inside the stadium. So, you know, they work things out. Maybe not to the liking of the fans who wanted to stay Heinz Field, but business is business. So you get maybe the best of both worlds. You still get the Heinz field or the Heinz red zone. And uh, uh, the Steelers get a, a boatload of money and the ability to, to make some uh, improvements at their home park. All right, let's scroll on down here. 
Steelers Pittsburgh says, I'm a Mason fan. I still don't get why people want him cut from the Steelers. I don't either. I mean, to me, you know, you know that Mitch, Mitch and uh, Kenny are going to make the team. And if you know you need a third string quarterback, you're going to need a third string quarterback. Why not somebody who's had 16, 17 starts, you know, uh, Mason might not be Joe Montana or Ben Roethlisberger, but he's pretty good for a backup. And, you know, if push comes to shove and you need somebody to start for one reason or another, I'd rather have him than some unknown seventh round pick or some, you know, washed up veteran. And he's not going to cost him all that much. Uh, when people say get rid of, Mason Rudolph for a seventh round pick. Uh, to me, I'd rather have the quarterback than the seventh round pick. Call me crazy, but that's just how I am. Brian Brown says, I like Mason Rudolph. I think I think he can do just as well as the other two. Najee in the run game is the key. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the first part, uh, Brian. Uh, that remains to be seen. I'm hoping that Kenny Pickett uh, or Mr. Trubisky or Mason Rudolph, you know, whatever. But I, I'm hoping somebody takes the bull by the horns and, and really takes advantage of this uh, competition and just blows by the other two because I think that's what's best for business for the Steelers. Um, as far as uh, Najee and, and the running game being the key, I couldn't agree more. You know, of course, the offensive line is going to have to pull its weight and and, and, and come through and, 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 and be a lot better than, than it was the last two years. But I think they have people in place now for them to be better than they were the last two years. I mean, obviously they have a whole new, basically a whole new group from 2020 and they made improvements on, on what they had last year, especially on the interior with Cole and Daniels. And, you know, you got a, a whole rookie year's worth of experience uh, with Dan Moore and, uh, you know, Kevin Dotson, you know, you know, there's a lot to like about him. And Kendrick Green's been switched over to guard, and, you know, he got some experience last year. Not great experience. He struggled mightily, but he de- definitely got uh, – he, he got um, – uh, he got to know what it was like to be a, a NFL player. So hopefully he, he was able to learn from that and, and, and grow from that because he certainly was in the fire last year. There's no d- doubt about it. All right. George Teston says, I think it would be a, a mistake to trade Rudolph this year unless they got at least a fourth rounder. Well, that's going to be a tall order to get to get, get that for Rudolph. I mean, um, you, you saw what the uh, Browns parted ways with to get – or the or, I'm sorry, what the uh, Panthers traded to get Baker Mayfield. You know, so – uh, you might not get a, a fourth or a fifth for Rudolph, but I mean, you know, considering the, uh, the success rate of low round picks, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about like a seventh round pick of, you know, to me, just give me the, give me a, a, a give me the, the, the player because you never know when you're going to need them. Three years ago, who would have thought Devlin Hodges would be somebody that, the fans would be counting on the, the team would be counting on the win games for them. And that turned out to be the, the case. So you just never know what can, what, what can transpire during a season. This one is from Sheila Pittsburgh again. I hope Pickett does well, but he hasn't played against NFL athletes. I've seen many a first round quarterback flounder. Well, that's yeah, that's true. Hopefully he proves to be the damn Reno that, that they never had. And that would be, <laughs> that would be fantastic. All right. Let's see Shane Giggles, what they have to say. And welcome, Shane, from YouTube. I only remember three games of Neil O'Donnell Colts AFC Championship game, Chargers AFC Championship Championship game, and the three picks, the three picks Super Bowl versus the Cowboys. They're the only ones you remember or the only ones that stick in your mind? Because that's a pretty uh I'm sure you watch some other games, but yeah, those. The, I think the, the the one game that people remember O'Donnell for was the last game, and that was Super Bowl Thirty. And you know, it's hard to it's not hard to understand why. Shane Giggle says, "Congratulations to TJ. He just got married. That's right. I mean, the guy's on top of the world. 
He's got $80 million. He's, he's got a NFL de- defensive player of the year award sitting on his mantle. He's got a beautiful wife. Uh, I'm sure they're, maybe they'll have a family. JJ Watts, brother, Derek Watts, brother. He's, he's NFL royalty. I mean, a video game, who cares? I mean, gosh, you know, I, I think a lot of times uh, fans, uh, they, 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 like they take on the the slight for themselves that they take the slight personally and, and, and act like they're the ones being being um, uh, slept on, so to speak. But it's, it's, you know, it's like I used to say about Ben, you know, people would always get Ben out of shape over these these silly quarterback rankings. And it always seemed like Ben was ranked one or two spots lower than he should have been. And this is like in, during the prime of his career. Not, I'm not talking about the, like the last four or five years, like the absolute prime of, of his career. You know, oh, I think Carson Palmer is a better quarterback, you know. And, you know, I got why people thought that was ridiculous, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken it personal. You knew, you, like, you knew what you had in Ben. And you knew how, how important a guy like that was. So just be glad you got him on your team. Who cares where he's ranked? You know, as long as he's holding up that Lombardi at the end of the year or has his team in contention to win one, that's the main thing. Dark Storm says it's filler news. Well, that's to me, that's an indictment of the other sports. The fact that they have not been able to capture the imaginations of the fans. You know, baseball should be, you know, of course, that's the Pirates' fault, but also there are a lot of fans out there who don't even care about the Pirates because they're not from Pittsburgh. But they don't seem to, you know, doesn't matter what, what city, you know, baseball seems to be on on the decline. So the NFL has just taken over. And this one is from uh, Jubin. When will the kid from Pitt get the keys to the offense? Well, I'm thinking the Steelers want him to get them in year two, ideally, but I'd be on the lookout for that at some point in year one, uh, unless Mitch Trubisky is great. Then he'll probably sit for for a whole year. Or until maybe there's a late-season game that doesn't matter for the Steelers and they want Pickett to get some experience, then maybe you'll see him then. Kathy Ford says of the questions of the six questions for the second, when does the off season end and the season start when Jeff takes off the hood? Well, I believe that'll be uh training camp, but uh, in all seriousness, in my opinion, the off season ends when training camp starts. That's how I've always looked at it because once you're at, you know, once you're, if you're a football fan, if you're a big football fan, like I am and, and, you know, there were years when the NFL offseason felt like a huge desert of nothingness, and you're just you filled the void with other things. And that was there. Were, there's a lot of good and bad in that. And I think uh, the good is when you don't have to argue about uh, T.J. Watt's Madden rating. That's you know, if you could find good things to fill the void with. But um, but for for the longest time, like for years, it just felt like oh my gosh, the NFL season's never gonna gonna get here. Well, when training camp started, uh, even back in the 80s, 90s, whenever, well, they covered it every day. You know, maybe not like they do now, but they covered it every day. So you had news. You had news stories to read. You had things to watch on ESPN or, or, or the local nightly sports report. You know, so, so to me, that's always when the offseason ends because that's when you officially begin preparation for the regular season. All the players have to be there. If they're not there – they're in breach of contract or they don't even, or they're holding out because they don't have a contract. But the point is that's when work really starts for the, for the players. So that's when, in my opinion, the off season ends. And this is from Brian Brown. Do you think the tight end Raider can still make the team? Is he still on the team? He's still on the roster. Can he make the team? Well, that depends on what Connor Hayward is able to do as a rookie in training camp. You know, he's a very versatile player coming out of Michigan State, but you know, he's also undersized for a tight end. So, um, to me, he's going to have to really wow them uh, and, and do and do things that that are 
kind of unusual for for a, a player of his skill set. You know, um, obviously they can use him as an H back, as a as a running back, as a returner. Uh, but unless he can unless he can really fill the void of a tight end, even if he still makes the team, I can see them kind of switching his position and signing somebody else to be the third tight end. Because unless he can really truly play that position like they need him to, to play it, it's just, it's just hard to imagine him being a tight end, even a third string tight end at that size, five foot eleven. It just it just does. I just I just can't see it right now. But then again. What do I know? It isn't Kenny's ability to play, but if the O-line can support him, that's true. Uh, but uh, the one thing about truly great quarterbacks, I'm not, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's that yet. We have no idea. But I've heard it said, and I kind of believe this, because we, we saw it for many years with, uh, with Ben until you know his wheels fell off. A, a great quarterback can make up for a, a substandard offensive line. I've heard that said. And I think that's true. So, you know, we saw it with Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, he got sacked a lot last year, uh, but he still dazzled. He still he was still a fantastic quarterback. And uh, you know, we 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 we've seen it for years with, with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, how many times has that guy been just beaten up? But he's a great quarterback. <laughs> how many times has he been the MVP? You know, so a, a great quarterback can make up for a, a poor line. Now, a a a a, a Great running back can't necessarily make up for a poor O line, but a, a great quarterback can. So, all right, this is one another one from Brian Brown. He, he says, "Yes, see now I'm ready to watch some Steelers football. Looking forward to TJ Watt sacking Joe Burrow over and over until Burrow looks hopeless and dejected." Well, I mean, considering how much or how how. Uh, Emphatically, the Bengals have beaten up the uh, Steelers recently. That would be a, 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 cer- a certain, uh, certainly would be a um, a welcome change because uh, uh, <laughs> the only people that have looked hopeless against uh, when those two teams line up are the, the guys running the black and gold and their fans. Like last year, <laughs> that one game, wow, that was a, uh, a massacre. This is from Bill Frost. I think I might know him. Yes. Emily wants to know when you are going to hang out with us at Mexicasa. Yes. Whenever you want, Bill. My buddy Bill from, uh, I'm not going to say where. But uh, yeah, whenever you want, Bill. It doesn't exist anymore, though. But there's another place there. But uh, anytime, just uh, look me up on Facebook. Those are some of my fans. All right. With that in mind, I think I will call it a night. I'll, I'll, I'll end the uh, I'll end the uh, the night with Bill's comment. You can catch us at, at Mexicasa or the place uh, that's whatever it's called now. But until uh, until I talk to you again on Monday and on Hangover, you guys have a great weekend. And as always, go Steelers! Take care, everybody. Have a great night. 